Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorja, and welcome to Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week, we're going to mix it up a bit and discuss the movies that changed your lives. We reached out on Facebook and Twitter and got a ton of submissions, and I'm going to reveal the 10 most mentioned movies alongside IMDb producer and producer of this podcast, Lizzie Bassett. Lizzie, how's it going today? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm extremely excited to talk about um, everything that we have today because we got a ton of really amazing submissions. Uh, Lizzie and I had been noodling this idea for a little bit. We decided, you know, I think it's time we hear from everyone, get some of the fun uh, community engagement we've been getting on social media and, and discuss them. So before we get to the top 10 most mentioned films that uh, you lovely folks have commented on, uh, Lizzie and I wanted to talk about some other comments that we saw on uh, Facebook and Twitter that may not have hit the top 10, but some specific movies we wanted to call out that may, you know we thought are interesting comments or we had personal connections to as well. Um, let's kick it off with you, Lizzie. What, what's, what's one you want to talk about first? Well, one of the first ones I want to bring up, because this, like, it honestly, it almost made me cry when I was reading it, just because it was such a nice answer to to the question of what movies changed your life. Um I apologize. I'm I'm probably going to mispronounce a lot of names on here. Uh, feel free to yell at me on on Instagram or Twitter. Amelie Janoska on Facebook called out Arrival, um, starring Amy Adams, and said, "My job as an interpreter has mattered, matters, and will always matter in and outside the world. Also, dare to make decisions that you know will hurt later, but your heart and soul and mind thrives for it." Um, I love that so much. It's such an interesting reaction to that movie that I never would have thought of because obviously mm-hmm. that's not my job but to have that sort of validation um for your life's passion and career from a movie about aliens I love so much <laughs> so yeah I wanted to call that one out what a lovely reaction to arrival another another user brought up arrival before I go on to my comment um Alex Lawrence on Facebook said arrival uh, in parentheses, after I became a father, uh, the film touched me, which I think is also, Aww. you know, obviously parenthood is a big aspect of the film. Won't go into spoilers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's cool how the same movie sort of uh, 
can make people connect in, in various ways, which I liked a lot. One of the first comments I really enjoyed was from at Find Your Powers on Twitter. Um, they gave a couple movie choices, but I'm going to call it two. Uh, the first one, they said Boys in the Hood, uh, which actually we talked mm. about uh, on an episode in season one here on Movies I Changed My Life. And their comment was, grew up in a similar environment, sparked the idea to choose my own path. Um, I love that. I mean, Boys in the Hood is such a uh, really beautiful and heartbreaking story about you know people living in less than uh, desirable situations and how simple decisions like going to uh, go to a grocery store can affect your life in a huge way or deciding to pursue football in, in the film and stuff like that. And then the second movie that Find Your Powers called out was Enter the Dragon. Uh, they said, Bruce Lee serves as one of my biggest inspirations. I love that. Um, I'm Asian American. So getting to see leading Asian Americans, especially growing up, was like very few and far between. Uh, and so I loved getting to see Bruce Lee just absolutely own uh, the films he was in. And not only just like from a martial arts standpoint, but just his whole life philosophy and all that sort of stuff I, I really connected to. So uh, that was that was my first comment on the call out. Lizzie, back to you. It's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the comments that we responded to strongly were ones where people talked about sort of seeing themselves on screen or, or being represented on screen. Um, and and that kind of plays into this next one that I do want to bring up as well. This one kind of stopped me in my tracks when I read it. Um, this is from Marianne Williams on Facebook. And she said, sleeping with the enemy. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. He was gone for a week and I had the movie on tape. I watched it over and over for the week. When he came home, I asked him to watch it. When it was over, I told him it was time for him to leave. He did. I might owe my life to that movie. Um, I actually, I watched Sleeping with the Enemy last night for, for this podcast because I'd never mm. seen it. Watching that movie, like seeing this comment and watching that movie in the context of this comment was a really incredible experience. So I have to thank... Marianne for bringing this up because that movie shows um, domestic violence in a pretty explicit way in a way that I don't think I've seen maybe outside of like Big Little Lies, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started sort of researching the movie and it didn't get great reviews when it came out um, outside of Julia Roberts' performance. But to me, you have to remember, I think, that you cannot discount the importance of someone seeing their own story on screen and feeling seen. Um, this movie was important. Like, even if this is the only person that had that reaction to it, and I can't imagine that she was the only person, um, because watching it, as I said, like, it's a very explicit and detailed depiction of an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like stories like that are, are really important, um, because of this exactly. So that really moved me and, and thank you for getting me to watch it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I haven't seen Sleeping uh, with the Enemy either. One of the few Julia Roberts that I haven't come across, but also, you know, when she's we were, super young. Yeah, this was uh, this came out in 1991, so definitely mm -hmm. early in her career. But uh, and who doesn't love Julia Roberts? She's pretty fantastic in, in everything she does. Um, but yeah, after after we discussed this comments before we started taping, I definitely have that added to my watch list as well. Let's see the last comment. I want to talk about is kind of a similar in the similar vein. Daniel Baudreau on Facebook said, um, Mrs. Doubtfire and Sister Act were two movies I watched while I was in the hospital for my epilepsy when I was very young. They made me laugh when I was uh, scared to be away from home. 
they remain two of my favorite movies. Uh, you know, I think that just shows, uh, while it's not obviously reflecting uh, Daniel you know, on screen, um, it shows the power of how, you know, a little laughter and some things, you know, movies can really affect your personal well-being on, on another level too. So not only, you know, keeping him entertained, but also, you know, keeping him feeling secure uh, in what's obviously a yeah. probably scary time uh, yeah. when you're younger to be in the hospital. Um, so getting to watch, you know, two pretty iconic 90s comedies movies um, <laughs> that I enjoy a lot as well uh, stood out to me. Thanks again for all the comments on social media. We will continue to read those out throughout the season, but let's get to our list of the top 10 most mentioned movies from fans of this show and of IMDb. Starting with number 10, this is 2006's The Pursuit of Happiness, directed by Gabriel Muccino, written by Steve Conrad, starring Will Smith, Tandy Way Newton, and Jaden Smith. To me, this one's a pretty obvious why I think this is on the top of people's list. If, if people haven't seen it, I mean, this is an uh, awfully inspiring film um, about someone who is completely at the end of their luck and how hard uh, Will Smith's character of Chris Gardner, who's based off a real person as well, mm-hmm. uh, fights to sort of climb back uh, and, and get his life uh, in order again. Um, Lizzie, have you seen The Pursuit of Happiness? I have. Yeah, it's a really lovely movie. And I, I always forget that it is Jaden Smith um, in this. And he's so cute, just so cute. And they're so sweet together. And I just I have to say, like, never underestimate Will Smith's dramatic acting ability. Mm-mm. He is so good, um, mm-hmm. so precise and and just like so fun to watch on screen. He's just so he fills up like every screen that he's on. Um and yeah, I, I think 100% this deserves a spot in the top 10, and I was, I was happy to see it there. All right, so let's go to number nine, which is the summer blockbuster classic from the 1975. Original. The original. Uh, from 1975, Jaws, of course, directed by the great Steven Spielberg. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jaws being on here? I was glad that a ho- classic horror film oh, popped man. up on here. number one. Should be number one. <laughs> Should be number one. <laughs> no, I... I love Jaws. I have a, I have a lot of affection for Jaws, um, especially knowing the the process of making it and what an absolute um, train wreck it was to get this thing made, and and for it to be such an unbelievable moment in movie history is just one of the coolest stories. Um, and boy, I I will just always love uh, Robert Shaw so much as Quint. I mean, I know he was. Uh, he was an interesting man, we'll say, but um, he is just so excellent. And that Indianapolis speech, it just always gives me chills. <laughs> yeah. Also, like you said, the first blockbuster, like it's not a mo- only a movie that changed, obviously, the lives of tons of people no. uh, here, but it changed like the movie industry like forever. I mean, it's credited as the first blockbuster that really changed like the game on what kind of movies would be released in summer. Um, so I, I'm glad that this is here, like on multiple levels affecting, you know, movie viewers and the movie industry. Uh, cause who knows what movies would be like if we didn't have something like this, uh, pop up to massive appeal. Which brings us to number eight, I think, which mm. is uh, a beneficiary of Jaws's, uh, monster movie fandom in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. And number eight on the list is Jurassic Park. Mm. Um, I want to take a second to stop and talk a little bit about Jurassic Park. Um, Ian and I both looked at the top 10 list and we each chose a movie that we really wanted to dive into a little bit deeper. 
this is the one for me. Um, and that actually comes from a comment that we got off on Twitter from movie lover for life who said Jurassic Park, um, because it gave me strong women kicking ass and not being sexualized, which is something I am embarrassed to admit never even registered for me with <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, and seeing this comment, I was like, huh, Oh, <laughs> they're right. I rewatched it for this episode, and it's clearly a very intentional choice um, to have that be the case. And one of the things I want to call out is uh, Dr. Ellie Sattler, of course, iconically played by Laura Dern in the movie, literally says to um, John Hammond at the very end, he's like, well, shouldn't I go set reset the breakers, you know, because I'm gesturing like I'm a man. But of course, he's like a tiny ancient man. Right, he has a cane. He's going to he's going to outrun the clever girls. Right. <laughs> No and Laura Dern looks at him and is like, come on. I think she says something like we can discuss sexism in survival situations when I get back. And it, like a line like that never registered for me as a kid. But thanks to this mm -hmm. comment, all of a sudden I saw the movie in a, a totally different um, lens. And so, yeah, I wanted to take a minute to stop and, and talk about it a little bit. It was released in 1993. Um, it has an 8.1 out of 10 with 873,000 uh, ratings on IMDb. It is, of course, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Michael Crichton, who wrote the novel as well, uh, along with David Kep, who helped in the screenplay, starring Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Samuel L. Jackson, and many, many more who we may get to in a little bit. Um, Ian, any sort of initial thoughts on Jurassic Park? Yeah, which is in regards to... Um film lover's comment about Laura Dern is that also um, Lex, who is uh, yeah. Dr. Hammond's granddaughter, played by Ariana Richards, you know, she uh, is a computer uh, a programmer, as she mm -hmm. famously uh, calls herself in the film, identifying that it well, is hacker. indeed. She likes to be called a hacker. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's a Unix system, uh, but it's cool. You know, I mean, at the time, even now, like female portrayal, not only in film, but on television, it's rare to see women and females uh, in like techie roles or computer roles. And the fact that it's like a young girl doing it um, definitely is something that did not stand out to me in the yeah. same vein that like uh, the, the comment about uh, Dr. Ellie's character until I reread this comment. I was like, oh yeah, there's like actually two like very clear mm -hmm. examples uh, of this in the film, which I, I thought was neat. So. And a little context on Ariana Richards being that character as well. I think in the book, the ages of the kids are switched. Mm. Um, and the the boy is actually the the older. And because Steven Spielberg really wanted to work with Joseph Mazzello after being unable to cast him in Hook, and he was so young, he switched the ages, um, which ended up opening up that opportunity for um, for Ariana to come in and be the computer whiz, as Ian is talking about. And it just, it adds such another layer to the movie that I think I'm sure I registered having seen this movie at an early age, but like never consciously until mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, I want to highlight a couple more comments that we got about Jurassic Park that I really loved. Oh, this one is great. So from Gareth Evans on Facebook, he highlighted Jurassic Park and said, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, mm -hmm. which is a great interpretation of this movie. Lizzie, I know you had one more comment. 
I do. So I want to highlight, and again, apologies for pronunciation, but uh, Zrinko Pavlovic on Facebook, who said that Jurassic Park inspired them to decide to become a paleontologist, which um, Mm. is apparently something else that happened after the release of the movie. There was a massive increase in enrollment in uh, paleontology studies. So it changed a lot of people's lives. I I believe that. I mean, I'm sure like little kids are probably always interested in dinosaurs, but I remember when I saw Jurassic Park, I was like, I'm really interested in dinosaurs. Uh, So I imagine when, you know, for people who are watching it, realizing it can be a career path, maybe not necessarily to recreate them, but uh, getting to study them and stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, that's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Um, speaking of fantastic uh, sci-fi and special effects. Let's move on to our number seven uh, most mentioned film, which is Christopher Nolan's 2014 sci-fi time-traveling masterpiece, in my opinion, Interstellar. I'm a big fan of this movie. Um, I'm glad this was on here, and I, I there were some comments on Instagram on uh, on social media as well that sort of said. You know, they hadn't really seen a sci-fi movie like this. And when I got to see this, I saw it in uh, IMAX. And I remember like leaving the theater and I thought to myself, this is probably what people felt like the first time they watched like 2001 A Space Odyssey in theater way back in the 60s or Star Wars in 1977. I was like completely like blown away by the uh, ridiculous amount of visuals that were going throughout it. Last, obviously, not least, like I mentioned before, Interstellar was directed by Chris Nolan. So another reason I'm not surprised that it's on there because Chris Nolan is just one of IMDb fans' uh, favorite directors. All of his movies are always, whenever they come out, they're getting highly rated. They're getting topped on movie meter. So um, happy to see all that on there. Lizzie, why don't you talk to us about number six? Absolutely. So moving right along, we have Forrest Gump at number six. If you guys would like a little bit more information on this movie, if you haven't seen it or if you want to hear from a cast member um, about making it, please check out our essential guide to Robin Wright. We actually got a chance to talk to Robin 
Um, and she spoke about what it was like on set making Forrest Gump, including the fact that apparently she had a very brand new baby, um, which I did not know <laughs> while making it, which is really impressive. It's Tom Hanks at his best. And then, you know, it's also, I think, Robin Wright, who played Jenny at her best as well. Um, and that's a hard part, which mm-hmm. which hearing her talk about it um, made me even more interested in the film. Yeah, I mean, her playing... I guess both of them, but Robin Wright also plays, you know, it goes over a span of years and she goes through multiple iterations of her character and and who she is and what she's experiencing from the start of the film to the end. Um, Yeah, so definitely a great video. So make sure you go check that out. Moving on to number five is 1999's The Matrix. Uh, Speaking of like cultural uh, touchstones and moments in uh, pop culture and general fandom, The Matrix, again, a thing I'm not surprised to see on here, especially in the top five. Yeah. Um, just completely game-changing movie for any amount of reasons. Uh, you know, I remember at the time, even long leather trench coats became in fashion just for the tiniest bit uh, when The Matrix w- <laughs> was first came out. So it, you know- Bring it back, Ian. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a whirl this summer. I'll, I'll see, how, see how it pans out. Oh, good, out. when it's hot. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> Um, but yeah, The Matrix, uh, if you want to hear other people talk about it other than, my, you know, myself and Lizzie, you can listen to our episode of Movies That Changed My Life with the great Reggie Watts. He goes deep on his uh, love for The Matrix, talking about how it opened his mind to alternate realities and virtual VR and all that sort of stuff. It was a fun interview, uh, so make sure you go back and check that one out. Coming in at number four is Peter Jackson's absolutely epic and groundbreaking trilogy, uh, The Lord of the Rings. There were so many comments about this. I was thrilled to see that it changed more people's lives than just me. Um, And also want to highlight some of the technological achievements. It did also move forward some, uh, I think, forced perspective camera work as well that was used on a bunch of other movies, including Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So fun fact for you there. Um, but yeah, love this. Love Peter Jackson. It uh, it really moved me to the point of absolute ugly sobs um, <laughs> in the theater. And I, I love it so much. The ugly sobs were well-deserved. And I hope there were <laughs> ugly sobs when you watched all three of them. Um, let's move on to number three, which uh, is 1999's Fight Club. See, I resisted in saying we rule number one is we should not talk about this movie. But, you know, I had to. Well, then you're opposite of most of the commenters who did bring up the classic (laughs) phrase, um, as they should. As they should. Uh, This is David Fincher's film uh, written by based off the book by Chuck Palahniuk, uh, starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton um, and Helena Bonham Carter and Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, I think this stands the test of time because, you know, stylistically and the narrative is so unique for the time that even now movies are still trying to copy and sort of are clearly to me inspired by ways uh, that Fincher and Palahniuk like wrote and and shot the film, um, but I think a thing that stands out is that it was a very cool movie to watch. Like at the time when this came out, like it oh, was yeah. just a cool movie to see, and sort of you know the sort of thing where like in college dorm rooms, like posters were everywhere. So uh, again, a, not a surprise for me uh, to see a movie that has such a grab on sort of pop culture um, so high up on our list. So coming in at number two, which I'm actually a bit surprised that this did not come in at number one, uh, because it has sat at number one on IMDb's top 250 movies for a long time, is uh, the classic Shawshank Redemption, starring, of course, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. This is a really interesting one, um, especially interesting given how many people love it now, because it actually didn't 
make a huge splash when it came out, I don't think. Um, it's a movie that, sort of like The Wizard of Oz, actually, as well, also really benefited from um, cable. Mm. And that people having the accessibility to see this on TV, um, you know, in the decade following its release, ended up bringing it to so many more people and, and becoming such a beloved movie. Uh, so I'm glad to see it here. But yeah, it's had an interesting life. Yeah, and I mean, not only sitting at the top of IMDb's top uh, rated movie list on the top 250, but it even has the title of the most number of ratings at 2.37 million. Good Lord. Uh, yielding a 9.3 out of 10, which is an awfully high average for that many uh, votes. So I also expected it to be at number one on there, but number one was saved for one of my all-time favorite movies, a movie that absolutely changed my life where when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I don't even mention it because I feel like it's cheating. Uh, this is 1977's Star Wars A New Hope, uh, the first of the Star Wars film franchise, later to be renamed as Episode Four. It is hard for me to explain how much I love this movie and on a personal level, how much this movie sort of affected me into thinking... Uh, into bigger worlds and to dream and all this sorts of stuff that just, you know, even just talking about it now, I just get excited anytime anyone wants <laughs> to talk about Star Wars. And of course, as it's the number one on our list, uh, there were a ton of awesome comments that came in from uh, fans of IMDb. So uh, I want to call it a few of them. The first one is from Katie Billings on Facebook. And Katie says, Star Wars was the only movie that had an impact only because of the social culture of fans. I went on to play a competitive card game based on the films and enter tournaments where I met incredible people and have amazing experiences. Uh, I love this. Um, as, as Lizzie knows, and people may have seen on various IMDb platforms, I absolutely love going to cons, uh, mostly because you get to talk to so many like-minded people who are so like into and love specific whether it's a film like star wars or or communities or genres or comic books and all sort of stuff uh getting to connect with people on like a really deep and passionate level about uh, a film just like warms my heart and i i love doing it it's like so much fun and you know even now when i go to star wars movies i always try and go to like the midnight release or something because you just get to talk to people online about how excited they are to experience a movie a new star wars movie and um i think that's really hard to find and so, for you know, the the cultural and social aspect uh, of Katie's comment stood out to me quite a bit. Yeah, I think that that just speaks to the sort of richness of the world that George Lucas built with this. Um, it, it's another one, kind of like Jaws, that shouldn't necessarily have worked, um, mm -hmm. especially given kind of the intricacies of of the production and 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 how difficult it almost was to understand on the page, just because of how detailed he really was, but. What that did for so many people was just open the door into this fully built world. Um, I completely understand why this is number one. It's it's absolutely magical. Uh, I'd love to hear what some other people said about it as well. I, I will share one quote from Carrie Fisher about the movie's opening, <laughs> which is that she said it wasn't like a movie opening. It was like an earthquake. Mm. And I think that just speaks to to how immediately this changed, um, changed people's lives and changed the movie world people's lives and the community sort of stuff when I'm walking around or at a movie release or something like that I love when I get to see uh parents with their kids and whether they're cosplayed as you know Luke and Ray or something or they're just in line together both excited you know when you think about Carrie Fisher saying like 
it was an earthquake. It's like the earth is still quaking from this movie <laughs> that came out in 1977. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing. Uh, another comment I really liked is from at Beastmaster Sage on Twitter. Uh, and they said the Star Wars OG trilogy, which of course is A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Return right. of the Jedi. Uh, and they said being part of something greater, acceptances, overcome fear and obstacles, hope. Uh, and that's something I love also because on the surface level, Star Wars is just a cool like sci-fi, samurai, Western influenced action movie. But when you really like peel back the layers and get to see all these other themes, um, it's just so clear that it's so much more than that. And that's why it like affects people on such a emotional and personal level. Um, so I love when people take a, you know, something that can just be thrown away as lightsaber fights and these cool like fighter pilots and all that sort of stuff and, and really analyze it on that level. Um, and someone who analyzed it deeply on that level here on movies that changed my life in season one is uh, the Rizza of Wu-Tang Clan. He talks about... Uh, Star Wars A New Hope in his episode talks about how it kind of opened his eyes to not only what movies can be in fantasy, but also his interest in like uh, spirituality and philosophy. So so it just shows how much and how many places it can affect uh, people's lives. And it's really, really fun interview. Absolutely. I love that one. That was a great one to listen to. Um, I also quickly want to call out with this one, uh, Carrie Fisher and the character of Leia. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to know if, if I, I assume people mentioned this as well, but she's a groundbreaking character for sure. Yeah. She's, you know, she's a incredibly strong, uh, woman character who's not without her faults, which I love. Mm. Um, and that's not really something that we'd seen before. And I think you see the lasting impact of Leia. Um, also how funny she is in, in so many other movies from there on out. Yeah, PR Cowboys on Twitter said, uh, Princess Leia showed me girls can kick ass. And that is not only true about Princess Leia, but something I love and that is iconic about the Star Wars franchise, whether it's the original trilogy, the sequels, the prequels, the animated series, is that there are always really powerful uh, women characters who are completely badass and really uh, drive the show forward and... It's great to see not only in, you know, just sci-fi titles or things like that, but just in films and in culture in general. So completely agree with that, Lizzie and PR Cowboys. So for fans of the show, they will know that we always end each episode where I ask the guest if there was any through line between the movies they wanted to discuss on today's episode. So Lizzie, do you see any through line between the 10 films uh that were uh, most mentioned by fans of imdb i do you know i think i think a lot of what we saw in the comments and and what we see in this top 10 is a sort of reflection of how important it is for people to see themselves or or stories that resonate with them on screen um mm. and that that can that can echo through someone's life more than just you know, the two hours that they're sitting in a movie theater. Um, and I love that. I think that movies can change your life. And I think you can never underestimate the importance of um, seeing your story represented on screen. Lizzie, I could not agree with you more. I think you said that perfectly. Um, a nice way for the, a nice through line between all the films. Uh, and speaking of which, I know you work a ton uh, with the IMDb original series reflected on screen, which basically like, discusses exactly what we're talking about, correct? 
It does. Yeah. Um, Reflected on Screen is a really awesome series where we talk to celebrities, um, actors, writers, directors about the first time that they that they saw themselves represented and and what that means for them. Um, It's really amazing to get to talk to a diverse group of people about that and to just, again, see how important it is, which is echoed here with our users comments as well. So be sure to check out um, that series. We have some amazing guests. We have Laverne Cox, Marley Matlin and uh, the whole cast of One Night in Miami, which was that was one of my favorites um, to get to produce. So, yeah, please check it out. Yeah, there's an amazing suite of content on imdb.com, and you can see that there are clips on social and all over, so make sure you go check that out. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today. Uh, This was a ton of fun. Uh, Make sure you keep using the hashtag MoviesThatChangeMyLife. Send us your thoughts uh, about other movies that change your life, and we'll keep track of these and read them out throughout the season. If this is your first time listening, thank you for hanging out. You can listen to new episodes on Thursdays anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Lizzie, thanks for hanging out with me today. This was a ton of fun. Anytime, Ian DeBorha. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>